0: Rabbi Yaakov Menken of the Coalition for Jewish Values joins me to discuss the horrific rise in anti-Semitism. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, the rabbi and I also discuss the left's targeting of Hasidic schools and its ugly view of Israel. Follow the Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your
1: podcasts. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a one. 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com Dana. No, we... The, the trip was not essentially for oil. The trip was about the Middle East and about Israel and, and rationalization of positions. But it is a disappointment, and it says that they're a problem. Well, goodness, welcome to the program. Happy Thursday to you. It's a very overwhelming, crazy week here at the show. And uh, we're doing the best we can to keep our head afloat. Uh, as we roll you through the end of the week, so the president was—he went and he was meeting with people in the hurricane-ravaged parts of Florida, and uh, there. Did you see? First off, welcome. Welcome to the show. Your lovable curmudgeon Dana Lash here with you. Always good to start the day off together. The uh, feedback when uh, DeSantis was sitting when he took to the podium and he was behind the presidential seal. I loved the responses from all the people who were like, he's buying the presidential seal. It's so great. It really made the left actually very, very upset. Uh, they were very, very angry. I don't know if you were aware of that, how, you know, quite how angry they were over all of this, but they were infuriated because they thought, oh, they, gosh, we just gave them a photo op. This is horrible. We gave them a whole photo op. But he went. He met with DeSantis, and it was good to, for just you know a little bit. I'm mean, you know it, it, it didn't really continue because then Biden started talking about green energy and whatever else. But they were discussing uh, the support for the area, federal support for the area. Although they have supplies, they have everything else, and that's down to DeSantis, I think, just being very well organized. But they they had it all. They had it all under control, and it was nice to see people come together, albeit you know somewhat politically when he was talking about the green stuff come together and get these areas situated i would i read that the pine island bridge was open which is crazy yeah i right before i came in here i was uh just looking at some last minute stuff online and i saw that that bridge was open and i thought oh my gosh that's kind of a huge deal i mean it's a huge deal that the entire state has power after all of this because the whole state didn't I mean they had I mean, it was like everybody was pretty much without power not the whole state but a significant portion millions of people so they said this a few days ago it was only five percent that were at, that were without so they've been doing a really good job with all of that that is uh, we're still following the ongoing we're still following all of the ongoing uh fallout situation etc as it relates to the hurricane now The other thing I want to bring your attention to is the big story. I said this was developing yesterday. Remember, I told you, I said, this is this is all developing. It is something that is going to be barreling into. It's going to become a huge, huge issue. The situation with OPEC. And this was after Joe Biden went hat in hand to OPEC, to Saudi Arabia, begging them, begging them, begging them to release more oil. And he didn't do it. OPEC didn't do it. They didn't want to, in fact, now, they were all up in Austria, OPEC and OPEC Plus. They were in Austria, and they decided not only were they going to restrict it from one million, well, billion billion barrels a day, they're looking at two now. And that's what ultimately they decided on. And so that is a major, major issue. Because that, as Europe, is on the edge of an energy crisis, as the Nord Stream pipeline, which we're going to dive into, by the way. We're going to dive into that whole issue because there are a lot of theories going around. And some, the crazy thing is, is that all all of them seem plausible. All of the theories seem plausible. So we're going to get into all of that. But the empowering of OPEC. My friend David Harsani had a very good piece over at The Federalist. I really like the... uh, This is such a Gen X headline. Listen, turns out Biden's empowering of OPEC was a really bad idea. It's like Ethan Hawke and Reality Bites wrote this. It's true, though. It is a really bad idea. Here's the thing. When we after after Trump left office, we had the Abraham Accords and everything was all was was getting all uh, groovy over in the Middle East. I mean, as much as you can. Then Biden gets in office and immediately, immediately, let's bring Iran to the peace table. They don't want it, but let's just go ahead and pretend. Let's go ahead and bring Iran into the into the to the table of peace, even though they call us the great Satan. Let's bring Iran. Let's bring Iran in. And let's not classify the Houthis as terrorists. Let's ignore everything that their little terrorist groups are doing, because everything was the Saudis and Iran's been basic. It's been a de facto proxy war. And so, obviously, are you surprised that the Saudis turn around and support this after everything this administration's done? It's one of those situations where it's a geopolitical issue. You have two choices. One is, is better than the other, obviously. So this piece by Harsani, I thought it was hysterical because he is right. It's a, he's, it's, he's, he's being absurd to highlight Absurdity! If the average price of a gallon of gas falls by a penny, Ron Klain can't—he falls over himself trying to rush out to that presidential podium to take credit for the Biden administration. If it goes up, it's all Putin's fault. If it goes down, somehow it's not Putin's fault. It's Biden's. It's Biden's credit. And so, Corrie Jean Pierre, I like this, points out that this is the fastest decline in gas prices over a decade, which is like bragging about losing a couple of pounds after packing on twenty. And now you have the OPEC Plus folks. It's like OPEC, but more. They're cutting production two million barrels a day. We had... So when I say the... When, when I'm talking about Biden going hat in hand, I mean, that's pretty much how it was described by everybody. CNN and MSNBC. That's They were saying that he was being very... Uh, I mean, just super sweet. Oh, he was lovey-dovey. He was going over there. Make, he fist-bumped... Uh, their crown prince, who's now like their prime minister, something they, the guy who uh, everyone blames for the death of Jamal Khashoggi, goes over and fist bumps him. Has that, every, they have that video and that photo op. And CNN had, a, had an explainer, I know, looking at his huge effort, their major campaign to win over. It was a, quote, full-scale pressure campaign to try to win over those in the Middle East, to providing more oil. And it didn't work. Because they said, no, 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 instead of providing more, we're going to cut it by double. And so they did. Five weeks before midterm elections. Cutting it by two million barrels a day. Sidebar, I said this yesterday, and it, it's accurate. It's uh, something like 893 1000 barrels a day that's just on the the one keystone pipeline that everyone they they all of the uh Enviro Tofu eating you know piping plover hugging crazy folk the environmentalist cult not the con, not the conservationist the one that the pipeline that they stopped that's how many that's how many barrels that's how much it provided to the world market 800 it was 893,000 and i think i'm actually underestimating it But one of the and the number I was reading was like a was I want to say it was from the petroleum industry. They were saying it was something like eight hundred ninety three thousand barrels that it was going to be delivering. That's just from that, because remember, quick sidebar, the reason why they opposed Keystone was because it is safer to transport the crude, safer and more environmentally green to transport any kind of uh, oil, any kind anything. In trains, and not in a pipeline that's buried underground, where the bunnies play over it, and flowers are, and sunshine, and butterflies. It's just so you know, they're literally. I mean, literally, that's what they have to do now. They have to transport it railway. I don't know if people fully realize the stupidity of all of that. And Warren Buffett made a made a killing off it because it's his it's his rail line. So there you go. So OPEC OPEC plus, they're cutting gas. And as I was saying, my friend's piece. Biden actually thought, he actually, and this is ambitious even for him. I don't know, maybe he had some of what Hunter smokes. He actually thought that he could keep his super let's kill everything and live back in the dark ages faction of the Democrat Party happy while managing price controls for OPEC. And I think we have this. I I think I sent this to you guys at like 1 a.m., Or maybe I made it up in my mind. Was it? It's the hang on. It's that kind of a week, guys. It is what it was. uh, uh, I think it was Corinne Jean-Pierre who was saying that um, they are one of the White House spokespeople. They keep saying, well, it's a historic use of our uh, strategic petroleum reserve as though it's a good thing. they, They were they were I think it was actually Ron Klain who like it was a good thing. No, maybe it was Brian Deese. Here, let's play audio sound by date. I want to hear this, because I. this is how they're massaging this message.
2: Well, look, uh, we've made our views clear to uh, OPEC countries uh, and other uh, countries. We'll continue to do that. Uh, I think if you look at what this president and our administration has done since Putin began amassing troops on the border of Ukraine, what it shows is an unprecedented effort to rally a global coalition to meet that aggression and say the world will not stand by uh, on that type of aggression and at the same time will use all of the tools at our disposal to have adequate supply of energy globally. And as I've mentioned, uh, those actions, including our historic use of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, to at least it. A million barrels of the day into the
0: market. Okay,
1: historic use of Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Why is that presented as a good thing? Our SPR is at a 40-year low. That is, that's, so our Strategic Petroleum Reserve, let me be, you know, give me, indulge me a little bit. That's like if aliens come and attack. Now, you remember that movie Signs with Mel Gibson? That was one of the best M. Night Shyamalan. I didn't say his name right, but it doesn't matter. You know who it is. One of the best movies that's ever been done. It is a brilliant movie that's not at all about aliens. But it's about aliens. I don't know how to explain it more than that. It's actually a film about faith, but it's brilliant. It is one of the most brilliant films. I think I, oh, I can't say enough about it. Anyway, long story short, SPR is for something like that. You have aliens that come in. Everybody's screwed. Oh, my gosh. You can't go and, you know, drive your new Wagoneer to the gas station and fill her up because uh, aliens. So, you know, uh, and then finally, when everything goes back to normal and everybody's rebuilding because of aliens, you need to rely on your SPR. That's, it's, again, I'm being absurd to highlight the absurdity of all of this, but it's for stuff like that, okay? Major, major disasters. If World War Three breaks out and you can't get any kind of energy from anywhere else, any fuel from anywhere else, any crude, any gas, then it's for things like this. Your reserves are for this. Not for, well, we don't feel like actually providing our own oil and gas even though we could and we actually i think what is it that we have more i mean really actually we could do we were we were outpacing uh opec there for a little bit for like a second and then biden came in the white house It it took some time to build up and then now this is the situation in which we find ourselves We could Historic He says it like It's a great thing So this is what I got Coming up Uh, The fight Fight over Ukraine We're going to look At some of the stuff That's going around About this We have the latest With midterms I'm going to be talking With Nikki Haley Later on in the program Former ambassador To the United Nations 116th governor Of South Carolina She's got a new book out And we're also going to talk About some of the stuff In the news I've got some questions For her on some issues So we're going to get Into all of that And you don't want to Miss a single bit of it Folks stop overpaying And let recoil gun work be your go-to for ammo this is a great Indiana based company and it was actually created in a small basement in 2013 small Midwest town in their basement And uh, family owned, they think like us And they're really known for Over at Recoil Gunworks They're a web-based firearms, ammo, and accessories retailer They're really known for their police trade-in guns In great shape They pick them, including the firearms, the lights, the sights, the scopes, tasers, and more You can buy now, pay later, no interest And at Recoil Gunworks, they have very, very competitive pricing Super easy to use website as well Just visit RecoilGunworks.com You can search for whatever you need By caliber, weight, application you can look for brands like Winchester, Federal. Uh, vast majority of the country, by the way, has no restrictions on receiving ammo and they will note, you know, they have it all up there very helpfully on their website. Ammo shipped to your door where legal and they explain that including Illinois, New Jersey, and Connecticut. You need to see the frequently asked questions on that and check the product restrictions page for further state law requirements and restrictions. Visit RecoilGunWorks.com Dana today to get you a full list of products and use code Dana to get free shipping on your next order. Whether you need it in the woods or on the range, Recoil GunWorks gets it there Fast And once you make your first order, it won't be the last. Use code DANA right now to get free shipping at recoilgunworks.com slash DANA.
2: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for DANA's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech.
1: Oh, boy. All right. So, I had the... (laughs) This is so bad. So, Northeastern University. This is... I can't imagine anything so bad. They mistakenly sent thousands of acceptance letters to law school applicants and oh man they said due to a technical error they said current applicants and they had they said 205 but they sent all of these they said those people received an erroneous email notifying them of their acceptance into next year's class they said admissions decisions are not finalized Until later in the academic year, they said that the false letter was sent to 3,930 applicants from the previous admission cycle. And they said, thankfully, many of them had already matriculated or either at Northeastern or another school. So they received clarification. But there were some who thought, oh, no, apparently there were a number of uh, students, including one who is a single mother in Massachusetts, And she got the email and was all excited And then got, oh my gosh And then they told her, oops, sorry Our bad, you're totally rejected Sorry, it's not going to happen Now, uh, Twitter employees Are weeping and gnashing of the teeth Right now, apparently, according to the New York Times Every Twitter They said virtually every Twitter employee That has spoken To reporter Tom Gara in the last six months Said that they plan to leave If Musk takes over and in another headline, there's soon going to be a major hiring spree at Twitter. So you can send your applications to Elon Musk. David Dorn's widow, do you remember him? He was the retired black officer who was murdered by rioters during a Black Lives Matter riot in St. Louis. His widow blasts Corey Bush's defense of the defund the police mantra. And Dorn said people want and need more good policing, not less. She's right. Stick with us. We got, well, apparently you can mess with the Bidens. Did you know that tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart shoes are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simple. Delicious tart cherry gummies come with a 100 satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35 off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com/dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com/dana for up to 35 off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com/dana.
2: Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time.
1: Apparently, though, they do. Did you hear that little thing? It was the asterisk. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here. With you, bottom of our first hour, this Thursday. So, what did that mean? That little asterisk, which I actually couldn't really hear in the audio, to be honest. See, there he goes. That was that. That's that denoted that there is actually a caveat. You can apparently blank with the Bidens. There, there are some exclusions. Would you like to know what they are? All right. The exclusions of people who can, you know, with the Bidens, are. Russian prostitutes, really any prostitutes, crack dealers, coke dealers, uh, any kind of really drug dealer, uh, anyone who is representing the business interests of Beijing, you they can also blank with the Bidens. OPEC and OPEC Plus can totally blank with the Bidens right now. Uh, Barack Obama can also blank with the Bidens. He can most definitely, you know, whoop with the Bidens, definitely. So, there are some exceptions. Seems like all the exceptions. I mean, there are a lot. I mean, I think I even have. I think there are more even. But uh,
2: there's so many exceptions that what he said isn't actually true at all.
1: Yeah, I just think that that doesn't. And and also, what was it even in reference to? I don't even care. But I do think it's kind of funny that I'm just going to walk up to this guy. And, you know what is what is this even in reference to? I don't know. Who knows? It's a Fetterman moment. Who knows? Oh, so I, as I said, welcome back to the program. We've been, um, gosh, the situation with energy. I'm waiting to see what our gas prices are going to be. They're going to go that little. What? How much did we? We dropped what a dollar, maybe a dollar, after it went up. It's, going up it's yeah. Well, now it's going back up. All those savings though. Can't wait for the. White House press, the White House press conference about all the, all the savings, have Corinne Jean-Pierre come out. All oh, the savings, look, you're going to, oh, they're going up again. Putin decided to hike the prices again. I mean, who would have thought? Who would have thought? But, well, we all did, actually. We, we all thought this. Audio soundbite 20. Peter Ducey, in talking with Corinne Jean-Pierre yesterday, he said, as it pertains to that soundbite, what we all thought the moment that we heard it, listen.
2: The president says no one F's with a Biden. No one. F- but it appears OPEC Plus has done just that. The group of oil producing nations agreeing to cut oil production by 2 million barrels per day.
1: Well, he was, it was part of his new, but you know that's going to come up. I'm going to need that audio when it does, because they'll have their press avail here soon. We're going to absolutely have that. Uh, audio sent by 24. What Biden said when OPEC decided, well, when they actually announced that they... I, I wonder if he found out this way. I wonder if they even bothered to tell him that he was rejected or he just found out through the press. Listen to this. No, we, we, the, the trip was not essentially for oil. The trip was about the Middle East and about Israel and, and rationalization of positions. But oh, it, it is a disappointment, and it says
3: that they're a problem.
1: It is, and it says that they're a problem. But they weren't a problem when you were really pushing for them to help you. And then, of course, there was the story. Let me pull this up. Now they've, uh, because, you know, as you you know, Biden's been looking to Venezuela for some help in this regard as it relates. Instead of, we could just be doing this on our own. And it's so frustrating to continuously say this. So frustrating to constantly sit here and say, we could be doing this on our own. But so after, and this was something I think that was in the works. They're looking to, the administration is looking to scale down some of these restrictions, as it re- and some of the sanctions, as it relates to Venezuela, uh, allowing for the pumping of more oil. Now, remember, their stuff is rated the dirtiest. Right when you think that anything couldn't be dirtier than Russian energy, hi, have you met Venezuela? <laughs> uh, so that's so they've been having discussions that started. Well, that's said to have begun in March. So he's gone from, and we reported it at the time that it looks as though he was going to go if he was rejected from OPEC to Venezuela. And so any sanctions relief, however, they said, according to a piece in the Wall Street Journal, they said that it would it would be predicated upon the talks between Maduro and the oppo- and the country's opposition about elections in 2024. People were saying that, uh, which like that if like that's going to materialize, this whole thing is just bizarre. So. Here's my question. If he's saying that it was bad to be dependent upon OPEC, why in the world is it any better to be dependent upon Venezuela? I know. That's the... That's why... Please let that be a question uh, with the White House press corps today. Please let that be a question. Because it would be the, the... One of the things that was brought up, and it was the opposition leader, Juan Guaido, who had asked apparently everybody it enraged a lot of people on both sides the uh, maduro and the opposition in venezuela any kind of deal because the sanctions relief um and that was it, again this was known since march but it now all of these details are coming out since opec plus announced that it, that it was going to be two million a day two million barrels a day that they were going to restrict and so juan Guaido was asking the government for details because it would be expanding apparently light uh chevron's license to operate within the country and Guido's team said that the agreement between chevron and venezuela's state oil company pdvsa underlined the license request that that would actually violate venezuelan law so it seems like there's a lot of other things here at play than just you know maduro being who he is i just it is amazing to me that He is looking to validate and work with all of these tyrants because he believes that that's better than us doing it on our own. He thinks that it's better for the very not at all environmentally conscious extraction methods of Venezuela and their dirty oil. He thinks that that's way better than our clean extraction and U.S. oil. I I mean, there is no... This is the move that you make if you're trying to ruin your country the fact that he's doing this right before elections someone at at some point look let me let me walk it back because I cannot get into the headspace where I understand how they think this looks good and how anyone who's who has a vote can think that this looks good even during and Clinton I'm not at all propping up Clinton I just I was in high school when when he was running for office and I remember that there were certain things that they just were Well, and you had Carville with them, too, that they were just very careful about doing because they were always were concerned about the optic of appealing to that middle individual. And they always wanted to triangulate to make Clinton look, uh, which was a Dick Morris scheme, make Clinton look above all of the, the people fighting on either side of the situation so that when he weighed in, you know, he had ultimate authority. And there is gone are the days of smart strategy with Democrats. Everything is a nail. They're the hammer. This is not smart strategy, especially when we have all of this stuff circulating with the Nord Stream pipeline. And that's a whole other issue. So to that point, and I wanted to hit that a little bit because that's a, that's a bigger topic, but I still I want to make sure that I hit this. Because the pipeline, the, uh, the theories about who's responsible... I don't know if you've seen Lindsey Graham and Elon Musk arguing over Ukraine and the conflict and everything else, all of this stuff is all of this stuff is 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 all in a way essentially related. So the Nord Stream pipeline in the Baltic Sea, way down beneath in the cold cold depths is destroyed and there's lots of speculation as to who it could possibly, who did it? Who was it who who's responsible? And there's some Really weird theories. I think the two biggest theories are the U.S. did it per the Biden administration's desire to escalate war with Russia ahead of, a, ahead of an election. Now, that's not beyond. Let's just stop there for a minute. Some people, and there's some people on the right that believe that. Do you blame them, though? Can I just volunteer that for a moment? Do you, do you really blame them? Think about all of the different agencies that have been weaponized by this administration to, to the point where it's just ripping the country to pieces. The the FISA court, the DOJ, the FBI is it really beyond the realm of possibility to think? I mean, for crying out loud, Bill Clinton bombed a medicine factory. It was he wanted to help himself during his his election. He wanted to help himself in the polls. Is it? This isn't a surprise. I mean, stuff like this that's on a smaller scale has been done before. So that's one theory, because Biden's doing so horribly. The only thing that they believe that could rescue him and it also has the bonus effect of making war Inc. happy is he's a wartime president. Now the other theory is that the Russians did it themselves to widen the set of circumstances that they're up against to make it look like there's a lot more against them than just this stuff in Ukraine. And then I'm thinking, well, why not just turn off the pipeline and say, okay, yeah, we did it. But then, I had a friend that was writing a really smart piece about this. Or not a friend, actually, a friend of a friend. Uh, And it's, I understand that it would probably be viewed as a major provocation. Right? It, It probably would be considered a major provocation. If they decided to just turn this off. And maybe that would be the ultimate trigger to go to war. I don't know. There's a Latin word for that. Now, those are, I think, the two most popular competing theories. There is great difficulty in discussing this issue with any nuance. Without people who want to manipulate you into taking a side, it is very difficult. Because if you come out and say, can we look at the Minsk agreements? Agreements. Then it's people on the right. You have some of the neocons on the right that go, oh, my gosh, you you're a Russian stooge. I'm just asking, can we look? And then if you're totally on the side of Ukraine, then you're on the some people say you're on the side of Nazi. I don't know. It's so ridiculous. There are so many people and this. There are bots all over Twitter. I know. I've noticed a major increase in brand new accounts that were just created last month. And they all follow each other. I spent an hour looking at that the other night. But there, is, there are some questions and one of the things that I think that Musk accidentally exposed in all of this is he was asking what is the peaceful resolution to this because is I mean and and that's ultimately you know is this is, It's it's kind of is it independence versus territory is that the right context in which to look at this and the reason that we bring up the reason I brought up the Minsk agreements is because that is one of the things that some are saying that Ukraine is not entirely regarding in this and that this goes all the way back to, like, what, 1952 with Khrushchev and and when the Soviet Union fell, Ukraine found themselves in charge of, of an amount of land that was a lot bigger than what they had, were normally in charge of and they had a nuclear arsenal and a, bl- a Black Sea fleet and everything else. So... What is the best way? Because it seems like there's only two options at this point. Either there is some sort of negotiation and both sides compromise or something, or we just keep escalating this to World War III, which... I will riot against my government before I allow my loved ones to go and fight and die in a foreign land because every other politician decided it was going to be way more profitable for them to make money off of this than to resolve it peacefully. Oh, hell no. Cindy Sheehan won't. I, I'll be her on steroids. This is, it, I, I, and I think a lot of other parents and, and people who have loved ones that are serving will as well. This is what aggravates me about foreign policy because the loudest people that are making these decisions are some of the dumbest and they are people who we got to get it we just got to go to fight we got to go to war we got to fight i guess let's send boots on the ground boots on the ground i can't tell you how many talking heads i've seen on television that say this stuff it's so easy for these people to say cuz they're not the ones going over there to do it it's easy for people to say when they don't see what they've done to the military by reducing standards with wokery and everything else I mean our biggest geopolitical threat is China But you know whatever I have so much more to discuss on this Because I do think that these are questions That are worth asking And it's insane that you can't That people try to beat you away from the argument Juan is corrupted totally I just We've like tried so hard He's so pure of heart and We've tried so hard to protect him He is cracking me up He's like I'm not going to die for a guy I can slap That's a great point I mean that may be the one. Of the, that's the summation right there. We have a lot more on the way, folks. And uh, one of our partners, Hillsdale College, they're offering free courses, which I think is fantastic because this is a, a an entity of higher education that I think is actually the best representation of what higher education should be. Hillsdale College is a small Christian classical liberal arts college in southern Michigan, and they are weighing in for America. They're offering you free online courses. So, for instance, one of the courses that they're offering is Constitution 101, the meaning and the history of the Constitution, which I think is one of the most valuable courses that you could take. You're learning about timeless truths, actual fact, in a supportive community. And you also get knowledge of the highest things, insight into the nature of God, man, which is supremely important in understanding why our founders styled our founding documents and approached the creation of our republic in the way that they did, with such an emphasis on virtue as well, by the way. This is all about learning how to defend constitutional government and learning about the real history of our great country. So, for instance, they also offer The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. These are great online courses that you can enroll in today, and I highly encourage you to do so. Hillsdale is keeping alive the in, the entire point of what higher education should be, a place where you can explore truths ask questions, and debate ideas. Visit DanaForHillsdale.com and enroll in your free Hillsdale College courses today. That's DanaForHillsdale.com.
2: Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show.
1: You can find me over on Substack at Chapter and Verse. I send out a lot of stuff there pretty regularly. And as always, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube. Like and subscribe. I had a couple of uh, resp- oh, and on Instagram too. I had a couple of responses uh, that to some of that stuff on the view. And I know the C- I know CNN did a piece and all this stuff. Here's, can I just make one more? I don't because I'm done with the abortion aspect of it. I'm glad that we got to admit that de- that Democrats do understand that this is about murder, and that the according to Planned Parenthood's own metrics, the vast, so ridiculously overwhelming majority of abortions are birth control. And like I said, I don't, fine, if you want to have a discussion about the one per, less than 1% that are rape and incest, totally fine having that dis- conversation to save all these other lives. That's fine. But I, I think it's incredibly sexist to think that women are so stupid and unempowered that they don't know how babies are made. And that you can't sit here and scream about your body, your choice, and run men out of the decision-making process and then turn around and demand that men exp- uh, ha- share the culpability all these years later. You can't have it both ways. And third, I really do not have pay any mind to the people who for the past four or five, six years have screamed and called every conservative and Republican and anyone who wasn't a socialist, a Nazi or Hitler or a terrorist or a domestic extremist or whatever. And then suddenly the thing that went too far was to describe sexual promiscuity as skankiness. Oh, you can seriously get bent because that's nobody's buying that. Nobody's buying that. So, coming up, we've got Ukraine because it's Lindsey Graham versus Elon Musk. And I think Elon Musk's proposition is not unreasonable. And I'm going to talk about that coming up. We're also, we have Nikki Haley, who's going to be joining us later on the show. We have a Wokery. We've got so much. You don't want to miss a single beat. So stick with us back in just a minute. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio text Dana to 998899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866 887 1188, or text Dana to 998899.
0: (laughs) in here you said yesterday that we're not going to be considering new releases from the strategic petroleum reserve so what is the White House planning to do to keep gas prices from spiking so as you know we've been working on this for months Uh, the president has made has made taken historic steps uh, to keep gas prices down so here's uh, you know so if you so gas prices we haven't we've seen increase in the West and the Midwest in recent weeks because of specific refinery issues we've called those refiner refiners to operate safely but quickly come back online and we've we've been clear and said again today that u.s energy companies must bring uh, must keep bringing pump prices down by closing this histor- his historically large gap between wholesale
1: and retail gas prices that is actually a really uh dumb remark from Corinne jean pierre no that and it didn't make any sense so let's unpack it first off welcome to back to the program top of our second hour it's good to be with you. This Thursday, Dana Lash starting you off right, getting you informed. So, she was trying to explain in this soundbite that you heard what it was exactly because she was asked, "Well, what's Biden doing about gas prices?" Well, she can't really eat nothing. And this is all in response to OPEC plus, which is the it's OPEC and then the Russian-led oil people. Uh, so that's OPEC plus. The plus is the Russian people with them. And they all decided to vote yesterday to slash oil production by two million barrels per day, despite the protestations of the administration. They were saying, please, will you pump more oil? Please, can we have some more oil, sirs? And it ended up that that actually never, it didn't work. It didn't work. And so then... Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked well what is the what's the White House going to do to tamp down these costs what's going to happen and she said well we're she said um because at first I think yesterday they said that they're not going to consider additional releases from the SPR which is great because it's at a 40-year low and oh my gosh so she said that and I read I'm looking at the transcript because I'm like did she was she just thinking on the fly or was it Because there were so many things she had to share that he was doing. Or is it she just, I got to fill space that sounds like an answer. It was the latter. So when she talked about the refineries, she said, and the quote, and I'm going to read it. You heard her say it. It was that we've seen increase in the West and Midwest in recent weeks because of specific refinery issues. We've called on those refiners to operate safely, but quickly come back online. And we've been clear that they have to keep the pump prices Down by closing this blah 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 I mean it's just so uh, That's dumb The American Petroleum Reserve And the American Fuel and Petrochemical Group They said quote together Refiners do not make Multi-billion dollar Investments based on Short-term Returns and that's anybody Now we've talked about And Kane brings this up And I've I can't tell I we've who did I was talking with one lawmaker about this last week on this program if you're watching the nationally syndicated radio program simulcast and the issue is that Democrats have never wanted to expand refineries this is something that has been fought over for the past 30 years and there has been no headway there has not been an expansion Of any of our number of refineries That's the problem You can sit here and pump as much oil And drill as much as you want to But when it comes down to it You also have to have the capacity to refine it It doesn't magically come out of the ground It's not like you tap earth like a giant keg And then you put a shell station on it That's not how it works And so the problem is that They've never expanded the number of refineries That we've had and as you, it is not a cheap thing to do. If it was a cheap thing to make a refinery, well, then we wouldn't have any issues, would it? We we would have a single issue. Let's just throw up another refinery down there. Just do it. Throw it up there, pass a water burger. Get your refinery up. That's not how it's done. They don't do it like that. It is a big, massive thing, and it requires billions and billions of dollars to build. So when you have the government telling everybody and, and kicking people away, From the idea of increasing the number of refineries in America for the past 30 years. Well, no, they're not going to. Why? They can't. And permitting has been just strangled. And there's no end in sight on that end sidebar because the mansion permitting process thing, that reform that he wanted, that got kicked right out. So you got the tax hike and yet he didn't get any of the goodies. He went to the goodie room and didn't get no goodies. I feel like I'm going to turn into Tom Cruise's character from Tropic Thunder here in like five seconds. Just like (laughs) that is that character is my spirit animal right now. Oh, so the refineries, you had Philadelphia Energy Solutions. Uh, Daily Caller had reported on the Shell Convent refineries because there were this is how this works. And this is also what the uh, APR and the American fuel and petrochemical manufacturers wrote. They had, they needed buyers. There weren't any buyers that wanted to continue operating the facilities as refineries. And when you think about this for a minute, Democrats have said they wanted to kill oil and gas. They keep, they've said, they said everything's going to be switched over to electric. Everything's going over to oil. Everything's going to this. So you have, These two refineries that shut down because there are no buyers and it's going to require billions of dollars to purchase them. These are investments for long term. Joe Biden has said that long term, everybody's going to electric. We're not going to have oil and gas. Does this not make sense to these people? Their rhetoric caused ran off all the buyers for these refineries. Can you imagine the the absolute sheer ignorance of the White House spokesperson referring to the multi-billion dollar acquisition of two different refineries that went unsold and closed down because they were told by all the Democrats in Washington, D.C., that oil and gas wasn't going to happen anymore, so, good, you know, that's it. So why would they make any kind of long-term investment in something that the administration is trying to kill right now? And then you got Corrie Jean-Pierre up there. Well, I mean, we, they just need to open these. Just, just open them quickly and safely. We are being uh, governed by some of the dumbest people in the history of mankind. It is a problem they legit created. Well, it's those damn refineries. They just don't want to refine the gas. The oil and the gas. They don't want to do it. Because you told everyone that we're... What do you, your rhetoric has impact on the markets. Your rhetoric has impact in investments. When you're telling everyone that you're going to shut down oil and gas and you strangle the permitting process... And you may and you start making it very difficult for the petroleum industry at large. You're shocked that nobody wants to invest and invest in creating more refineries. You're shocked. What do you think was going to happen? I mean, it's just unbelievable. Okay, also unbelievable. Mm, Man, I tell you this uh, issue with tech. So, the New York Post had an interesting piece. Now, before I get into that, do you remember when the New York Post ran the, this is in 2020, the Hunter Biden story on the laptop, which is actually in FBI custody, and they actually admit that he is under investigation, and that is actually part of it now? So, they admitted that it was all true. Everything that the New York Post reported on was true. I was one of the thousands of people that was suspended on Twitter and my piece was just on the tech manipulation of algorithms as it related to that story. But because I cited the story, they suspended me. All you had to do was retweet the New York Post and you were suspended. Now, here's what's interesting. This all ties in to the Twitter thing and the Musk buyout. You remember this from one year ago. They, they, Twitter came out with this thing called Birdwatch. They've expanded it. So when they created it a year ago, Birdwatch was this, they called it a collaborative fact-checking program. And if you saw something that was inaccurate factually, then you could report it and you could add a note to it and all this stuff. Well, they're expanding it ahead of the midterm elections. So they add helpful notes are going to be added to tweets by eligible users. Now, remember those two words, eligible users. Those will be visible to everyone today. Now, how does this tie into the New York Post piece? Because everyone who was suspended for sharing the Hunter Biden laptop New York Post piece, the story that was suppressed right ahead of the 2020 elections so as to affect the elections, all of the people who shared it are ineligible to participate in the so-called birdwatch program. Isn't that something? How interesting is that? So the users who were all previously suspended for sharing the completely accurate New York Post piece on Hunter Biden, which was confirmed by the FBI, the, the story that was suppressed to help Joe Biden in 2020, they're ineligible from participating in the in Twitter's birdwatch fact-checking program for the midterm elections. I hope that when Musk takes over Twitter, I would love to see a giant bonfire, kind of rhetorically, maybe, because it has outlived its purpose. As I said yesterday, all Twitter is anymore is a bunch of people who are assuming the worst of each other for clicks that's it now coming up a colorado baker you guys remember i've talked to him jack phillips he has been sued six ways to sunday for the past 12 years he's been fighting he won a partial he won a supreme court victory in one case now he's gotten now they're going after him again because he didn't want to celebrate a, a trans advocacy cake we're going to talk about that because that is absolute persecution for faith Also, the latest with Ukraine. Lindsey Graham is floating the idea of using policy reform as a penalty against people who speak against his neocon approach to Ukraine. We're going to discuss that. We also have Nikki Haley. He's going to be joining us in our third hour. So it is a very packed and informative show today. As we get moving, ARK seed kits. I think this is one of the most genius things ever, and I really wish that I would have thought about it and made this a business instead of the family that runs it. I mean, I'm happy that they do because they do such a great job at it. This is a family-owned business, and they provide heirloom seeds to people across the country. They've been doing this for over 13 years. These are, I promise you, the highest quality heirloom seeds you can get. They're in a sustainable container that offer, and they offer long and short-term storage. I love the idea of getting my heirloom seeds. First off, heirloom seeds, you understand, can be harvest and regrown year after year after year i mean that they have the seeds right i mean you that's why we made fun of chas chop because when they planted their uh vegetable garden remember none of them were heirloom and they didn't even know how to plant them so that's very important you want to be able to have things in case you need them instead of uh need them and you don't have them because you know you don't want to be in that situation especially with everything happening in the news now arc seed kits it's a non-gmo seed company their seed kits they have 50,000 organically grown seeds in each kit seeds for both vegetables and herbs i mean watermelon cucumbers lettuce beans tomatoes i mean anything think of it they got it 16 varieties of medical and culinary herbs and so much more these are nutrient and calorie dense vegetables and fruits they're designed to sustain any home at any time and they come with a seed growing guide uniquely designed to teach you how to grow and harvest your produce, and save your own seeds year after year. It is absolutely invaluable. So if you want heirloom seeds because you are a gardener, I'm a gardener, I I grow my own produce in the summer and I like to make my own sauces and sometimes my garden gets away from me, but I love it all the same. And I also want to have a seed vault and I want to add to it. So, this is why I like ARC seeds. You can visit arcseedkits.com, enter code DANA, and get a 10% discount. And you're on your way to food and economic security. Arcseedkits.com. This is one of your must have things. Arcseedkits.com, code DANA, save
2: 10%. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech.
1: All righty here. So, a, um, well, no, I had this yesterday. I had this New York court had held that this... Here's the actual case. The polyamorous relationship is entitled to recognition for the purposes of non-eviction protections under the state rent control law, citing the landmark 1989 decision uh, which protected same-sex couples. So it was apparently this New York court case where we're talking about thruples. Jeez, I hate everything. They were saying that that kind of relationship for the purposes of non-eviction... Is actually entitled to legal recognition we're going to hell all of us are going to hell in a handbasket that's what's happening it's just uh, moving on a new study says that high blood pressure is linked to faster cognitive decline and at a greater risk for dementia in ann arbor the study coming out of uh one of the their university of michigan Say that people with hypertension May also experience a faster deterioration In their cognitive abilities Thinking skills Decision making memory In comparison to those with normal blood pressure They performed what they called A study of studies Looking at high blood pressure's Association with declining brain function Over a period of several years They analyzed all the data sets For six large prior studies Blah 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 And they also said that it was interesting because blood pressure related cognitive decline appears to occur about this. They said it's the same rate for Hispanics and Caucasians, but they say that other factors are at play. And this is what they're currently studying as to why Hispanics might generally have a greater risk of dementia more so than others. That's kind of that's very interesting. I did not know that. Nobody, nobody, nobody. And I mean, nobody wants Biden's boosters. But he is paying billions of dollars To FISA and Moderna For them anyway They five billion Dollars worth from FISA And Moderna I might add And uh, only three percent Of what they call Eligible Americans Have actually gotten them Mortgage applications are tumbling Again and the housing recession Is deepening Plunging to a 25 Year low This is new from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Their latest data, their market composite index, says it's declined 14.2% seasonally adjusted basis ...compared to a year earlier at this time. Not good. Stay with us. we got a lot more in store. More of The Dana Show after this. Folks, stop overpaying and let Recoil Gunworks be your go-to for ammo. This is a great Indiana-based company. And it was actually created in a small basement in 2013. Small Midwest town in their basement. And uh, family-owned, they think like us, and they're really known for over at Recoil Gunworks. They're a web-based firearms, ammo, and accessories retailer. They're really known for their police trade-in guns in great shape. They pick them, including the firearms, the lights, the sights, the scopes, tasers, and more. You can buy now, pay later, no interest. And at Recoil Gunworks, they have very, very competitive pricing. Super easy to use website as well. Just visit recoilgunworks.com Dana. You can search for whatever you need by caliber, weight, application. You can look for brands like Winchester, Federal. Uh, vast majority of the country, by the way, has no restrictions on on receiving ammo and they will note, you know, they have it all up there very helpfully on their website. Ammo shipped to your door, where legal, and they explain that including Illinois, New Jersey, and Connecticut. You need to see the frequently asked questions on that and check the product restrictions page for further state law requirements and restrictions. Visit RecoilGunWorks.com Dana today to get you a full list of products and use code Dana to get free shipping on your next order. Whether you need it in the woods or on the range, Recoil GunWorks gets it there fast and once you make your first order it won't be the last. Use code Dana right now to get free shipping at recoilgunworks.com slash Dana.
2: Your one stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're gonna have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. We already knew that this is gonna be a tight rice and we've always been running like this is down five points. Because we know what the stick is at the race
1: here. My two favorite words today. Tight rice. <laughs> it's the San Francisco treat. Welcome back to the... Pro- <laughs> okay, let's be adults. Dana Lash here with you. Bottom of our second hour. It is a tight rice that came to tight rice. It is a tight rice. <laughs> <laughs> we're, Australia- we're all Australians now. <laughs> I can only do that exit because I watch Kath and Kim. It's the only way, only reason I can do. Well, Kim, it's a Ross That's it. Oh man! All right. So it's that time of our program to give you an update as to midterms. Now, this I, I I gave you a little bit of insight in if you get the if you get my email newsletter and your prep email today, because I don't know if you saw this, but uh, midterms are going to be horrible. Horrible for Democrats. This is an NBC News Telemundo poll. This is insane. I can't even, I mean, I even though I've looked at it a million times, I still have to stop just to make sure I'm doing it. I'm like reading this correctly. This is how crazy this is. So NBC News Telemundo. Conservative Latinos went from Democrat plus nine In a congressional preference in 2012, to R plus 56. (laughs) That is a 65 point swing. I mean, I've got chills. I don't know if you can see. I legit have chills. Look at that. Look at it. Um, Well, you can't if you're listening to the radio show, but for the simulcast, I'm getting used to having the camera right there. Legit chills. This is, I think, how we become best friends. I'm just saying. This is... But you know what? People are so tired of it. They're so tired of it. NBC News has this story. Latino voters are done. They are collectively getting a flip-flop out, and they're about ready to slap somebody. My, my, my grandma style. Like pff. One demographic, they say, has driven much of the GOP's gains with Latino voters. They went from Democrat leaning to twenty to in 2012. they are now being described as base GOP voters, and the media does not know what to do. The reaction that I have seen from analysts on this is they they haven't had the chance to process it fully so they're not getting nasty yet so they, but that's coming. They said out of all of the numbers from the recent NBC News Telemundo poll. This one stands out the most. Conservative Latinos went from Democratic-leaning 2012. They are base Republican voters now. And in 2012, 49% of self-described conservative Latinos said they had preferred a Democrat control of Congress, Democratic control of Congress. And there were 40% who wanted Republicans in charge. So Democrats were plus nine in their september 2022 poll this is again nbc news and telemundo 73 percent of conservative latinos say they prefer republicans in control only 17 percent prefer democrats i'm getting chills again it's a 56 point advantage i look i'm at legit have goosebumps and i'm not even cold that is, I have never seen any, that's a, six, that's a net 60, so they have a plus 56 point advantage for GOP, and that is a 65 point swing in a decade. And the congressional preference, they said, oh man, this is just wild. And they looked at some of these other polls too, Wall Street Journal, etc. This goes along with every single thing that we have looked at for the past five years, Going on six. Because people are fed up. They are done. And I gotta tell you, they're looking at so many, so many people, and this is really across every it's not just and it's not just Hispanics and Latinos, it's also the black community. People are done with this. They're done with the the taxes, the inflation, the absolutely wrecked economy they're infuriated over their kids losing i think on average they said like two academic years basically from everybody being shut inside they're infuriated it's understandable these these are these are everyday americans who are fed up And you know why? One of the other reasons, too, that they're fed up is because Democrats don't treat them like everyday Americans. Don't sit here and talk a great game about coming to the United States and being part of E Pluribus Unum when your whole political grift is to single everyone out and silo everyone off according to ethnicity. I can't stand that. And that is how Democrats have approached politics and have increased their approach in the past decade Well we've got to talk like this to Hispanic voters We've got to talk like this to black voters We've got to talk like this to women voters Men voters Or now they're not biologists so they can't say that We've got to talk like this to gay voters They, silo, they, they have the different message for everyone And they don't accomplish any of it It is, I've said this a million times before and this is the thing that Democrats do not get. And this is, I think, an underlying... I don't know how to say it. its I think the rejection of Democrats is seasoned with this, this realization. You, I can't go to Italy and be Italian. And I can't go to France and be French. And I cannot go to Ireland and be Irish. I can't go to Brazil and be Brazilian. Can't go to Japan and be Japanese. Anybody, when they come to the United States of America, when they enter the country legally, when they join E Pluribus Unum, they become American. Because America is not a religion. America is not a race. America is the desire for freedom. That is E Pluribus Unum. That is the uniting factor and that is why people can come here and be American And they don't get it They don't understand it And so they adopt The Politicking of the tyrants That they've seen And they silo everyone off Into their own Ethnic Areas, their own demographics They silo, every- they can't treat or politic to Everyone the same And see, now With everything that with the internet and viral video and all of this stuff, people see the disingenuousness of this. They see it. I mean, how, for instance, you know, you're sitting here, uh, Democrats, they play, they, they talk about immigration and they act as though if you oppose the illegal immigration, then you oppose all immigration, which simply is just factually ridiculous. And then, they they try to talk a good game about immigration and oh we have to well and then you hear Nancy Pelosi say things like well what what was her remark that you're you're taking people away from picking crops or something like that something so offensive and ridiculous i just can't even wrap my mind around it people voters see this on top of seeing how much they're paying at the gas pump on top of seeing how much a carton of eggs costs On top of seeing, wow, really? A a butter shortage ahead of Thanksgiving? Really? On top of everything else, this is the added insult to the injury. Now, if you like that headline, I have more. (laughs) So in Florida, Politico has this. Red wave alert. DeSantis is up huge in the governor's race, I had it in my headlines too the other day. Trump was was effusive in his praise of uh, DeSantis's handling of the Florida response. And the reason I'm making such a big deal out of that headline is because the press wants so bad for those two to fight. And Trump just kind of kicked him in the beans here. He's like, "I'm not playing your game. I see what you're doing," which I thought was smart. He he said, "God bless Ron DeSantis." and all the first responders who are dealing with this. So the media didn't get the fight that they wanted. And DeSantis is doing really well in polls, the gubernatorial polls. He's doing very, very well. And he has a major, major, major commanding lead. I can't even believe that Charlie Crist is actually a consideration in this. I can't. can't. So very... This is between this And between this NBC Telemundo poll And Looking at some of this other stuff as well Particularly in Nevada and elsewhere It's shaping up to be a very It's going to be a very enjoyable election Now Mark Kelly has an edge In the Arizona Senate race Now you still have a couple of races I think you have like four races that are very Four Senate races Here two particularly and this is why Democrats are trying to make everything about abortion and that's and and by the way that's one of the reasons why I I came out swinging because I saw some Republicans getting weak-kneed and I wasn't the only one some of my friends we were just having a little discussion so Democrats are now increasing ad buys They're running full-page newspaper ads on abortion, and they've launched a flurry of new television commercials focused particularly on that. In fact, there's new ads that were just purchased in Virginia. So they're going to nonstop push that, which means nonstop focus on the economy for Republicans. That's what the focus should be. So these are all good things. These are all very. These are all. These are all good things to have. So, some of the other things that we're watching, and I said we have Nikki Haley coming up in our third hour. We're also looking at the uh, weeping and gnashing of the teeth over tech and the Musk acquisition. Actually, I don't know if I finished my thing on that when, I, when I, we were talking because we were discussing also the Lindsey Graham thing. You know what gets me about this when I was reading some of the blue check discussion on Musk's acquisition is they're hyperventilating over Musk controlling Twitter so that you know that's going to affect the election. So breaking that down, what they're saying ultimately is that free speech is going to play a part in the election and you didn't have free speech before because they controlled it. So is that not just an admission that they're Restriction of speech did affect the election. They were saying, "Is Kane that it benefited them?" Yeah. That's what that's what all this is. They're mad. They they can't use it as a crutch. I mean, Kane. That's because they did. Absolutely did Hmm. I love when they accidentally admit stuff. (laughs) Just so. Thank you guys for doing that. Saved us some time. We could focus on some other things. The same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call nine seven two Patriot. Get free activation using offer code Dana. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement. Make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. That's patriotmobile.com slash Dana nine seven two Patriot.
3: It's his life mission to make bad decisions.
2: It's time for Florida Man.
1: All right, so first and foremost, my goodness, we got some hump we got some bangers today. I said that right, Yeah, I did. So this, first off, this is actually a brilliant thing. Kane found this. Florida Man's brilliant trick. Saved his store from Hurricane Ian flooding. As a man in Daytona Beach, he went viral after he shared that he successfully waterproofed his store against Hurricane Ian with spray foam and Flex Seal. Can I sidebar for a minute? I actually like want some Flex Seal because I I love I told you I love gadgets and if, if you can talk a good game I, and I really am sold by that. Spray foam and flex seal. The, isn't that the stuff where the guy's like, I flex sealed this boat, and then yeah. he's in a boat, right? Yeah. So that's what this dude a did. screen
2: door made into a boat. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Eddie Castrol, who is the owner of Midwest Motorcycle Sales and Rental, posted a video of his undamaged store on Facebook over the weekend, uh, and it was reposted. It has like over a million views. A hurricane he moved through Florida, obviously caused tens of billions of dollars in damage, but not to him. And there are some it's like some people try to waterproof their homes, but they it didn't. uh, But this apparently did. It was dry inside. It was safe inside. And he said his waterproof seal worked everything, his store and everything in it survived. And he said that the idea to do this first came from hurricane during Hurricane Irma. And he said, I thought expandable spray foam could seal the doorways from the flooding. And then I boarded up. He goes, the spray foam didn't work as well as he hoped. So the second time he added Flex Seal to the mix. And he said, he goes, when he said the expandable spray foam worked for a few hours with Irma. And he goes, but now when it came through, he said, when I did the Flex Seal, I had a great waterproof seal. That is absolutely brilliant. That is I mean, that's amazing. I think I need some. Fl- I don't know what I was using for, but I feel like I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. You know what I mean? it's true. La- I'm just. I mean, that's like brilliant. That is one of the, that's brilliant. I don't want to move on from the story because I'm obsessed with it. Uh, all right, so I have, I have some more. I wish all of my Florida man stories could be like that. 71 year old Florida man. Uh, he's a Fort Myers Beach resident, Joe Wilson. He rode out. Hurricane Ian on his sailboat, and he said, "quote It was evil." <laughs> he said, "71 years old." He said he, uh, he had like he had a 35 foot sailboat in the Matanzas Pass in Fort Myers Beach, Matanzas Pass, and he said that I mean it was he's like that it it was as awful. Absolutely awful, and I can't even believe he had to write. He wore his wetsuit. He wrote. He thought he could ride the tides to shore if his boat started to sink. It looked like it was a possibility at one point. He said, uh, and he bailed. He was bailing water for hours. He survived, and he remembered a boating rule: never leave a boat when it's still floating. He did. Well, he was saved by the Coast Guard, and uh, but it taught him a lesson. He's like, I'm not ever going to be on my boat again during a tropical storm or any kind of hurricane. That's good. Yeah, I'm surprised he made it. I mean, I'm glad he did, but dang. Stay with us. We got a lot more in store. More of the Danish We got Nikki Haley coming up as well next hour. Stick with us. Rabbi Yakov Menken of the Coalition for Jewish
0: Values joins me to discuss the horrific rise in anti-Semitism towards Jewish families, schools and more. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter show, the rabbi and I also discuss how Governor Andrew Cuomo unfairly targeted Jewish residents during the pandemic, the left's ugly anti-Israeli position and why Iran is eager to use nukes. Don't miss it. Follow The Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Reverend Out's running a nasty, dishonest campaign, perfect for Washington. The Reverend doesn't even tell my full story, my true story. As everyone knows, I had a real battle with mental health, even wrote a book about it. And by the grace of God, I've overcome it. nots a preacher who doesn't tell the truth. He doesn't even believe in redemption. I'm Herschel Walker, saved by grace, and I approve this message.
1: Oh, man. That is a response. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Start of our third hour, we've been talking about all kinds of things. OPEC, OPEC Plus, everything with energy uh Ukraine as well the Nord Stream pipeline I wanted to touch on that ad real quick uh that was sent out to you as well if you are a subscriber to the newsletter chapter verse over at substack and uh you can go and sign up the link is everywhere it's uh in uh, d- at danalash.com or you can find it in the bio of all of my social media accounts now I I'm not going to we, we've talked enough about this and I'm not going to cuz I am going to pivot and actually focus on the issues that are pulling at the top of everybody's every voter's uh, Uh, list of concerns but I thought that response Raphael Warnock is a preacher who doesn't apparently believe in redemption man and I preacher by the way he's not no preacher I mean is no preacher don't sit here and tell me that you know Jesus is okay with my abortion uh, support taxpayer and and think that you're going to be some kind of shepherd and just to recap I've linked it. I've sent it out. If you do not believe that Raphael Warnock co-sponsored in 2021 a bill that removes all limitations on abortion. I mean all and removes the Hyde Amendment, allowing federal funding directly of it, which sidebar Planned Parenthood gets that money anyway. I, fungibility is a word that a lot of people who keep hiding behind that need to need to learn. It's a for-profit entity, why they get our money. And they get a lot of our money, millions of dollars a year. But Warnock co-sponsored that bill. And and he, along with some of the most absolute extreme Democrats on uh, abortion, sponsored that bill. This is not about, in the case of rape or incest, they're not looking at that. They're looking at limitless. And I read portions of the bill to you yesterday. I have it screenshotted and linked in my newsletter. It's hidden on this thing called the Internet. My point is that don't sit here and try to don't 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 cast airs about some kind of piety when that's your position. And as I said with him, this has never been proven. And I got to tell you, too, some of my friends who are with whether it's I mean, a number of different uh, right to life groups. And they are very. I don't know anybody, some of these folks, I don't know anybody who's done more pro-life work than them uh, over the over the years. I don't know, I mean, and few, I don't know anybody who's done as much as they have. And they are even saying, there's no, first off, they, they knew that the campaign apparently was aware that the smear was coming, but there's no evidence to back it up. Does that matter? I mean, it's the Me Too era. Does it matter? So, I don't know. I do know this. I don't. The issue is, is, you know what one guy is. You know what one guy says he's not going to do. So it's easy. I, I think we need to start looking at these politicians as automatons for uh, vessels for our vote, really. That's what they have. They need to look at these people as such. But I thought that that was a really good response. Saved by grace and then he hits you know he he calls himself a preacher but he doesn't believe in redemption that's powerful and keep in mind democrats want control of the power they want the power they pretend that they don't because they think that if that there's virtue in pretending that they don't want power for unlimited taxpayer funded abortion as birth control and it is overwhelmingly on their their planned parenthood's own metrics publicly published Absolutely confirm that. That's why I I get so aggravated at the casual language. Find themselves in a position. Take responsibility. I talked about that yesterday. So that was a good ad. That was a good response. Now, I know he's got a debate coming up. He needs to focus on that. I'm going to say this. One of the things that I think that Ron DeSantis is really good at. And this is how I know he's got good people. And I do know, too, that sometimes it is very difficult to not attend every fight to which you are invited. And even if you can handle it, because it's not an indication that you are weak or can't handle the fight if you don't attend, if you don't reply to the invitation. But you shouldn't. Because, and I'll, if he was, if he was out there fighting in the mud with everybody who was going after him, then it, th- you wouldn't even know Of how well Florida is responding. How well the state is climbing back after this disaster. You wouldn't know that the whole state's getting their power back. You wouldn't know Pine Island Bridge is open. You wouldn't know this stuff. You wouldn't know that they didn't even need supplies because they were so well prepared. You wouldn't know it. That they were ready to go, ready to rock, and ready to respond. So he allows those people who are on his response team or who handle his stuff, they, they get in the fights and he does his job. That's how it should be. That is incredible restraint. I'll add this too. The restraint to not attend every fight to which you are invited is a greater indication of strength than winning every fight to which you're invited. Because you don't have to attend all of them if you know you're going to win them anyway. So with that Speaking of fights I feel so bad for Jack Phillips I've talked to him on this radio program before We've had conversations And They're going after him Yet again Yet again Going after him Now Jack Phillips as you know is a baker in Colorado or maybe you you're not maybe it's been a while and you haven't you haven't kept up. He's a baker in Colorado. And all of this really started back when he was approached and there was this it was kind of like a trend. Remember there was this trend of people suing Christian-owned businesses. Um it was uh, there was a flower shop. Baronelle Stutzman was one of them. I spoke with her also, and she was a devout Christian. She's a devout Christian, and she just she would uh, provide flowers for weddings and things like that. And then she had someone who approached her. It was a longtime customer who came up and wanted flowers for a same-sex ceremony. And she said, I, "You know, I'm I'm I love you, but I cannot create these for you. I cannot do this for you." And she was saying, you know, you know, my position of faith. And I always thought. In listening to the way that the media characterized that whole story, it was kind of uh, bizarre because they got so mad at her. Oh, it's so mean that you're staying true to your faith and you're not doing this. But at the same time, no one ever questioned the 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 fidelity of the friend who put her in that position. What kind of friend are you if you know what her position is and you decide to do this to her? Anyway, knowing what her answer is going to be, setting her up, that's not friendship. The Associated Press has this story of Jack Phillips. Here's how they run it. A Colorado baker who won a Supreme Court victory after refusing on religious grounds to make a wedding cake for a gay couple a decade ago is facing complaints that he refused to make a birthday cake celebrating a gender transition. They've been going after him because they, they want to. This is like his 1100 lawsuit. He's now it was and they know it. They go and they purposefully do this. They said they wanted a cake to celebrate their gender transition. And and it's the same person who has been suing him over and over again. Uh, For instance, the woman Autumn Scardina called his cake shop in 2017. She wanted a birthday cake that had blue frosting on the outside and pink inside to celebrate his transition into appropriating the female sex. And at his trial, he, because he is a devout Christian, Jack Phillips is, and he said he did not believe in that, and it violated his faith, and uh, he was not going to do that. Now, just so you know, I would when I talked to him, when I had him on the show, and you can, I think we have the interview, like maybe way back in the, um, in our on YouTube, on our in our our archives. But I had asked him just to kind of check the boundaries. I said, so would you make me a Halloween cake? Because every now and then we have, you know, fr- we would have friends over. Usually they're, they're the parents of our kids' friends. And I would get, if I didn't make it, if I didn't have time to make it, I would get something, a baked good or something like that. And I had said, so what if I had asked you, what if I wanted a Halloween cake? What if I was having a you know, Halloween party? Uh, My kids were, you know, having their friends over, they were going to go trick-or-treating. What if I asked you to make a Halloween cake? And he point blank, very politely, told me I would decline. Because that's, he is very devout. I have some friends who they they, with their faith, and I think it's like, I don't know, there's different denominations of Christianity, obviously, and some people can trick-or-treat, some people can't, you know, just, I had friends who couldn't trick-or-treat when I was growing up. And he is just very devout. And he says, I am very sorry. He's like, "I." he goes, I would be happy to give you a recommendation to someone who would do a wonderful job at that. But I could not do it. They're punishing him because he won't bend the knee. And he is very humble. He just wants to, he he enjoys the artistry that goes into baking cakes. This was similar to the couple that was it was uh, a case by Melissa, I believe it was in Portland or Seattle. And I talked to her and her husband. They were a very young family and she was a stay at home mom and she wanted to uh, make some extra money for her family. And so she started doing cakes and she was able to she was successful enough that she got this little storefront. They're devout Christians and when they were asked a number of years ago they were targeted because this is what this was in the trend of suing all these businesses that where the business owners were known Christians and someone sued them because she did not make a, a cake for a same-sex wedding and sued her out of business it's it's persecution it's hatefulness no one's being denied anything. That's where the whole bake the cake thing. That's how all of that. And so they're doing this. They're, they're, they keep doing it. They, these bigots have harassed this man for years. And he doesn't make anything that contradicts his beliefs. And he was very nice. And he looked me straight in my face and said, no, He's, he would decline a Halloween cake. He's like, that's just not. And I even pressed him. I'm like, but it's not a, you know, and I wasn't doing this to be mean, but I'm, you know, to really kind of illustrate, he, it, he wouldn't make a divorce cake. Apparently, he said no to that for a divorce party. He, he has declined that. He's, he's very, he doesn't wear his faith. Uh, it's not a costume to him, like it is to some people on The View, apparently. It's not a costume to him. It's It's real. I admire that. he's going to have a crown so big in heaven he won't even be able to hold it on his head, but it just kind of goes to show you in every one of these instances, all of these business owners tried to accommodate the people persecuting them. They were very kind because they're real, and they were persecuted for it. God bless him, he hasn't bended he bended he hasn't bent he's he has not bent at all. thank heavens but uh this persecution's got to stop. We have more in store. Nikki Haley will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. And we've he- we got headlines coming up too.
2: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech.
1: So this is a really bizarre story. This comes by the way of PJ Media. And it says, New York City goes full Gotham as a Green Goblin gang rampages on a subway. This was yesterday, this hit. Uh, They said that... And it's on this... There's just pictures of the Green Goblin attack. They have these people that are... Really, can can I just also say... Is it really a Green Goblin costume when you're just in a morph suit? It just looks like a morph suit. It's a green morph suit. But they said that... uh, it was posted online Sunday victims were being assaulted inside of a subway car and one goblin kicked her hooked her foot in the strap of a victim's handbag then spun around the subway pole flinging the woman totally across the car and then another person pulled a victim into a headlock and then punched her in the face they said other green goblins surrounded the two targets yelling punching and shoving and they said that uh, it went on for like five minutes they run around they ran around on the platform inside the car attacking people there's all kinds of crazy video and it's just well that's new york i guess i don't know i mean the video is insane oh my heavens ron's showing some of it now on our simulcast i mean not everybody should wear a morph suit either and rachel maddow's successor alex wagner has lost over 50 percent of her audience it's brutal not well at all not doing well at all nikki haley joins us next stay with us
2: Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. One
0: morning here. You said yesterday that we're not going to be considering new releases from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. So what is the White House planning to do to keep gas prices from spiking? So, as you know, we've been working on this for months. Uh, the president has made, has made, taken historic steps uh, to keep gas prices down. So here's, uh, you know, so if you, so gas prices, we haven't, we've seen increase in the West and the Midwest in recent weeks because of specific refinery issues. We've called on those refiner refiners to operate safely but quickly come back online. And we've, we've been clear and said again today that U.S. energy companies must bring, uh, must keep bringing prices down by closing this historic, his historically
1: large and the gap. refineries there and and to retail, which yeah, Corinne Jean-Pierre yes. is referring are refineries that were closed because there were no buyers that wanted to invest multi-billion dollars, billions and billions of dollars into keeping them open after the administration has been talking about ruining oil and gas for a number of years. So apparently one of the things that she omitted from, I guess, the plans to address this are empowering Nicolas Maduro, going and getting dirty oil from Venezuela. I just, we got to get some insight into this. First off, welcome back to the program. Uh, Good to be with you here at the bottom of our third hour. Dana Lash with you. And joining us now, Nikki Haley, former U.S. ambassador to the U.N. and 116th governor of South Carolina, founder of Stand for America. And she has a new book out, If You Want Something Done, Ask a Woman. I like it. And this is about really powerful women leaders Uh, throughout the world throughout history and uh, some really great lessons and of course she I love the Margaret Thatcher uh, quote and we see her now good to see you thank you so much for joining us today I, I appreciate it congrats on the book and I have got to get some of your insight you were there during the Trump administration we've played a lot of your sound bites when you were there at the United Nations putting some people properly back in their place I just wanted to get your just top line thoughts on some of this that we're going to Venezuela, OPEC plus two million barrels a day. I mean, this is kind of a disaster and it seems purposeful.
3: Well, great to be with you, Dana. You know, it's the one thing she got right is, yes, this is historic, historic in the way that he's depleted our reserves to the lowest number we've seen since the mid 80s. I mean, the idea that. They are running around now chasing Venezuela to get oil shows how far we've fallen. We should be exporting as much liquefied natural gas as we can. He should be sitting down with the oil producers saying, what do you need from us? What do we need to do? I mean, you know, you look at it was just two years ago we were energy independent. And now we're basically, you know, I can't decide where I am on this. He says that he didn't go to Saudi Arabia to ask for oil. Okay, well, that's problem number one, because if you went there and you didn't have that conversation that says that you weren't paying attention, and two, you did go there, but guess what? When you call him, you know, when you call him names and you ridicule him and, you know, just say we need to treat him as the international pariah is, don't be shocked when they don't turn around and help you out.
1: Exactly. And when you when you turn around and lift up uh, Iran, h- ask them to come to the table to discuss peace and refuse to condemn the Houthis. I, and, and this has been an ongoing problem. We seem to, we were at such a great place talking with Nikki Haley. We were at such a great place with Saudi Arabia. And then now two years in, and it's just, it's where it seems that we're back at this period of destabilization, but now on top of it is an energy crisis.
3: And they don't trust us. I mean, Saudi Arabia doesn't trust us. I mean, one, yes, you go and you ridicule them, but two, they see weakness. And when they see weakness, they're gonna go with where the strength is. And they just don't feel like the strength is here. And, and quite honestly, I think that MBS um, was trying to teach Biden a lesson. And the, the one that was, you know, what we should all be paying attention to is who was the one that was lobbying OPEC besides us? It was Russia. So they ended up going and siding with Russia and gave Russia what they wanted. And now you'd think Biden would say, "Okay, maybe I need to reverse course. But instead, he's going to all the other countries that have Um, You know, dirty oil, and not countries we want to be doing business with. He's going with them instead.
1: Yeah, we have such great clean extraction methods. Uh, That's such an untold story. We're talking with Nikki Haley, who, and I'm going to get into this book with you because I love the book. It's if you want something done, ask a woman, and it's it's leadership lessons from bold women. We have some, and they always happen to be conservative, which is going to be a question I'm going to ask you. You brought up Russia, and this whole, and I'm not going to dive into all of the conspiracy theories because. I, we, we know what we know and we know what we don't. And what we don't know is a lot. Uh, but that Nord Stream pipeline or Nordstrom, if you're a Korean Jean-Pierre, uh, the the explosion that has basically taken that pipeline offline. I this is just really curious because some people there are some actual people here that are saying, oh, it could be the United States. It could be Russia um what does the i i just don't know what what russia would gain if they did it what the united states would gain if they did it but i will say that they've already shown russia's already shown inclination to weaponize that pipeline oh we have to do maintenance it has to go down for a little bit we're going to decrease what we're going to offer to germany and other european nations and as you know because you were there in the trump administration when germany was kind of resisting that idea they're not going to weaponize this we're going to be okay now we're in this position what are your thoughts on on that pipeline and is this i I would hate to see this as being the the trigger for something worse
3: well you know we fought the Nord Stream pipeline when i was at the united nations and we were furious at all of the europeans for allowing germany to get into this situation and now they're certainly paying the price for it the united states had no reason to blow up that pipeline putin knows that he's going to do that because he's trying to distract um why would we blow up a pipeline that gives energy to our allies that's not the case Russia, very much having dealt with them, the way they would look at this is, if they blew up the pipeline, no one could blame them for not getting the energy to the Europeans. They knew Nord Stream was never gonna come back up. They knew that we weren't gonna do anything with it. So this was just trying to show their might and see if they could distract some. I mean, the reality is Putin has fallen really far. You look at the fact that when he's getting drones from Iran and he's getting rockets from North Korea, the fact that they've raised their draft age in Russia to 65. They've lost over a dozen generals. Um, he's lost the faith of his people. He's lost the faith of his military. Um, he knows he's in a world of hurt. And Ukraine is continuing to be you know, real defenders of their country. And you know what I've said is this is not a war about Ukraine. This is a war about freedom. Mm-hmm. And it's a war we have to win. We don't need to be giving Ukraine blank checks. I don't believe in that. But we do need to get with NATO and make sure they have the defense equipment they need to win this war. Because if they don't, Russia won't stop with Ukraine. Then they'll go into Poland and the Baltics and then you've got a NATO country and that's gonna be an all out war. Oh, so that would be this is trying to prevent bad things from happening. You gotta give it to the Ukrainians. They've shown real passion, real inspiration, real patriotism. I'm inspired by that because that used to be us. We used to fight for our country like that. We used to defend our country like that. And now you've got, you know, all of this national self-loathing that's killing it.
1: Yeah. We're talking with Nikki Haley, who has a a great new book out, and we're going to get to that here in just a, just a second at this when you brought up Ukraine, because there's been a lot of discussion. I never, ever thought, I did not have Lindsey Graham arguing with Elon Musk on my 2022 bingo card. Not something that I had. Uh, it's very interesting to see. I wish they'd pick up the phone and talk to each other, because I think that sometimes those conversations, let's let's finalize the details so that, you know, it doesn't create more openings for the left to come at the right. But I will say, it was, I, I was a little surprised at the way that he reacted. Musk had proposed, uh something that made me think is it an it's it seems like an issue of independence versus territory or something in that in that regard what it what do you make of the the idea that it seems like there's two options there either there's some kind of negotiation for peace whatever that looks like and without that i'm not quite sure if we're going to be able to avoid it seems like right now we're going up to the line of belligerence but going over it and this spilling into something that it takes up the entire world that we would definitely not wanna see. What are your What are your thoughts on that?
3: Well, keep in mind that Putin is threatening and he's trying to scare um, countries because he wants to make sure that he gains more ground. So what we shouldn't do is run. What we should do is put our foot on the gas and tell him that if he in any way uses nuclear weapons, there'll be hell to pay. Not just from us, but from all the NATO allies. Then the second thing we need to do is we need to be going to China and Iran saying, are you okay with him making these threats? Do you actually think this is okay? And put the pressure on them because they will be the ones that back Russia down. You know, at the end of the day, when it comes to the territory issue, I don't think the United States needs to make the decision on what peace looks like. This is about the Ukrainians and their country. What I will say to people is anyone that says, oh, they should just give this territory or give that territory, assume that this was the United States and someone took Texas would we just give up texas? we wouldn't. we'd fight to make sure our country was whole. that's what the ukrainians are doing. that's up to them at some point they'll make a decision on whether they want to do a negotiation or not. i just don't think it's our place to get involved in that conversation. i think they need to decide it and whatever they do, you know we'll certainly support it.
1: would they do you think that they would have already have negotiated a peace deal if it wouldn't if we if they had not had such support from the west?
3: That's that's an interesting question. You know, I, you know, the idea that they needed to win, they needed other countries to help them win. And they certainly couldn't have done it without the West. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's interesting. But again, I am one that thinks that we should fight for freedom and democracy wherever we can. We, that doesn't mean we should put troops on the ground and that doesn't mean we should write blank checks, but we should support any country that's fighting for their sovereignty. Yeah.
1: And and, and I, I just I think with Texas and is a very interesting comparison to Texas, because I don't know that we would have to rely so much, though, on foreign power, though, if we had to prosecute anything, anything like that. I don't know if it would be exactly exactly the same, but I'm with you. I do think that it's it's something they abs- they have to come to a decision as to what that looks like for
3: them. Uh, and that's well, a big decision. That is, the point of that is, is we wouldn't want any country telling us what we should do, right? You know, and so that's what Ukraine's saying is don't tell us what we should do. We'll figure this out. They want peace as much as anybody. Um, but I think it's more of that, that, you know, I think when other countries start telling countries what they should want, it's always a mistake
1: comes along with the billions that they get, though, I will say. I always like to joke that if I give you my money, I'm giving you my, my two cents and my two cents. So it kind of, kind of goes along with it. I want to ask you about this book. We're talking with Nikki Haley. If you want something done, Ask a Woman. It is a book about leadership lessons from bold women. you got a lot of really fantastic examples in this book. Tell me why this book and, and why now, although I do love it, and, I, and why why do they always seem to be conservative? Just, you know, curious.
3: So, you know, the publisher had been asking me a while to do this book because they said there were lots of books on men and there were very few books on women. And so what I I thought about is when I was younger, growing up in a small rural town in South Carolina, 2,500 people, I didn't see any women leaders. And so I would go to the library and in second grade, the books that I would get would be on first ladies. Cause those were the only books that they had, and I loved seeing how they partnered with their husbands, and I loved seeing how they worked behind the scenes. And so, you know, when it came to this book, I thought, you know, I should do it because I want women to realize these were ordinary women that became extraordinary because they put in the hard work and they prove they deserve to be in the room. Women aren't victims. We don't wanna be treated as victims. When given the opportunity, women work hard, they know it's about results, and they finish the job and they do it well. And these are 10 stories of women who didn't have it easy. You had somebody like Margaret Thatcher who said, you know, you you wanna take on the hard stuff because that's when you do the most meaningful. And as much as she believed in Britain, she believed in herself and trusted herself. You had people like Virginia Walden Ford. Here was someone who lived in a crime-ridden area in Washington, DC, desperately wanted her children to get a good education. The public schools were horrible. And she fought for school choice. But what was amazing about her, Dana, was she was terrified of public speaking. Yet she went and she got school choice done for her, thousands of other children. She testified before Congress. She made a real difference in the world. Gotta the so
1: call for sure. You
3: have to go, you know, you've got somebody like Wilma Rudolph, she had polio, more braces on her legs until the age of 12. And then in eighth grade, decided to try and start running and ended up being the first woman to bring home three gold medals in an Olympics. It's sheer will. I love these stories.
1: This is part of American heritage. I love it. The book is If You Want Something Done, Ask a Woman. Nikki Haley, we'd love to have you back. Thanks so much for your time today. Congrats on the book, too, as well. I know we'll be talking again soon. Thank you.
2: Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time.
1: Make sure you sign up for that newsletter, chapter and verse over at Substack, all kinds of good stuff that comes out there daily. Kane and I were talking about just like the logistics of if you were going to blow up a pipeline in the Baltic Sea, how would you go about it? I just I love, by the way, the serendipity of all of these things that come together. So I was telling him. So the latest episode of Grand Tour came out and I love the Grand Tour. I love that show. And they're in the Nordic countries. I think they started... They ended up in Norway, and they drove this... They were driving these uh, rally cars. And uh, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. They drove over into Finland. But one part of it, they drove into this Cold War submarine base. And it was wild. And it's one of those... I, it, it felt, I felt like I was watching like a zombie apocalypse movie. They were driving down this tunnel... And they ended up racing down it. They were racing up and down. It, and that's how James May ended up getting hurt. But as you go down the tunnel, the lights flick on. And it's still operational. So they were driving around. They had permission to do it. But there were all of these, like, Norwegian. They went in and there were different countries' troops. And then when they came out, there were another different countries' troop. It was wild. And then I went and looked. At, I was looking at the number of these Cold War sub-bases that are all around in the Baltic Sea. So how in the world... If you, if it were done like that, somebody would be tipped off. With radar and everything else, there's no way you're going to be getting any. I cannot see how that's possible. I mean, it might be. I mean, I I know what I know and I know what I don't. I don't know what, how that would work. And then you have Russia right up there. And you have all these other, you know, former Soviet bloc nations. So that are definitely not Soviet anymore. So, I don't know. It's very odd. But I do think that there go beat the drums of war. War Inc. is looking for something. I know. Looking for a soul to devour. Today in stupidity came. All
2: right. looks like Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry. Is it Fry or Frey? Not really sure. But I either think way, it's
1: whatever we want it to be.
2: This is what he Somehow it's easier to buy a gun than a fresh apple. Oh, for the love.
1: Listen to that. The underlying
0: issue is that there are areas in the Twin Cities... In Minneapolis, where it
2: is easier to buy a gun than a fresh apple. Um, I've never had to fill out a 4473 for an apple.
1: Yeah, I haven't either. That's Ever. dumb. I have to say even Keith Ellison in that kind of looks. Yeah, he looked like, what? What yeah. did say? Tomorrow, we're going to talk about this breaking headline, how fa- federal agents are seeing chargeable tax and gun purchase case against Hunter Biden. According to a Delaware U.S. attorney, they have to decide whether or not they're going to charge him. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow. And make sure you sign up for the newsletter over at Substack. Have a great night. Back with you then.